Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because <laughs> the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Welcome back to Paper Route. Week 18. Week 18 came and it's gone. But guess who came back? Brandon Flowers. AB, was it the What's Appalachian up? Mountains, the Aspen Mountains, or was it Opalaka? Because we don't know where you be. Where My you, bet's where on Opalaka. I be somewhere everywhere, man. You know how the fourth quarter business be, man. You're a CEO, so you got to wrap everything up. Late December, fourth quarter, it get crazy. Starting the year also. I'm trying to juggle everything right now, but it's good to be back, man. There you go. Brandon Flowers awesome. late pushing business, ending 2023 on a high note, um, just like in football. A lot of action this past weekend to end the 2023-24 regular season a lot of action here bc andrew how are you guys doing super producers let's start with andrew who woo first man i'm doing great i had a good restful weekend um i watched maybe half the games mostly at night games after like uh halfway through the four four o'clock games and um yeah that was it man i just relax you always have relax extravagant weekends you, you're you're always relaxing be cool dude man it seemed like you just chill you got the incense going and depending on what incense you want to talk about just correct <laughs> that's why i'm so chill just vibe bc yo bc in the booth how are you man i'm good man thank you blessed blessed there you go did you see the giant did you see your giants i did see my giants Put a whooping on those Eagles. Yes, well, sir. We're, we're going to have to talk about that in the show because I ain't know what kind of product the Eagles were trying to put out there, but the Giants put Woo. out a great product. Woo. Super producer Andrew Wu, who big weekend, big news all over the place. I don't know where we, we should start, so I'm going to lean on you. Where do we start? Where do you want to go on this amazing Monday? Let's start right at the top, man. It's all bad news for the Eagles. They've Ooh. lost five of their last six games. They blew a chance to win the division after losing to my and your New York Giants yesterday. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and other key players were injured, and now Philly must travel to Tampa for a wild-card matchup against Baker and the Bucks. What the hell happened to the Eagles this season? 
listen, B B Flow, I'm gonna say it like this. I'm going with Tampa Bay. I'm going with <laughs> Baker Mayfield. I don't know what the hell happened. Like, you know, you can we've been saying the same thing, right? Like you can see the storyline, you can read the clippings, you know, and a lot of times when we want to get real information, uh just read the men and women on the beat covering those local teams. And they'll tell you a lot of what's going on. Why? Because they're asking the offensive coordinators, the defensive coordinators, they're asking the players. We're not getting this national, you know, uh, traditional network answer that we see on ESPN. Like a lot of us is consuming information that way. So all you got to do is read. And what's happening there is that defense is, is trash because there's been a lot of question marks around Matt Patricia. Should they keep Matt Patricia in charge of – calling that defense and then offensively they just can't click and I truly believe it's because defensively they're not giving them that cushion anymore so uh man I you know the Eagles was one of those teams B flow where I was watching this the last couple weeks I'm like you know what they understand their challenges this is a great team this team is going to be able to figure this out and come postseason they're going to be they're going to be in a good position but I'm afraid B that this is the end for them and, and 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 they got to make some big decisions this offseason, right? There's a you know you got to look at the salary cap. You got to look at all these guys. You know Kelsey, he's a big part of that. Will he come back? Will he return or will he retire? This may be the end of this great Eagles team. Like I don't know if we've ever seen uh, 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 such a dominant team over two three years end a year this way. It's like this is the quickest wash up that we may have ever seen in a National Football League B flow. So so that whole championship pedigree you thought they had midseason, like you just gave up on it. They, that's gone. They don't have that, right? <laughs> B, did you hear what Andrew said? Six the last six games. Look what what was it? Like, did you hear what he said? They B? lost five of six of their last game. Have you ever seen a championship team do that? I man, I'm telling you, when they played Dallas the first time, I was like, yo, this team is very cocky. Like, if they don't get control of themselves, they go try to turn it on when it's too late, and hopefully they'll be able to turn it on. But they haven't. Um, I don't think their problems are as bad as we might think. Yes, their defense side of the ball is struggling. Matt Patricia trying to figure it out. Whenever you trade, whenever you change coordinators midseason, like, it's not always going to be peaches and rainbows, right? Sometimes you might see what Joe Brady doing in Buffalo transpire. But sometimes it's like, it's going to be growing pains. And that's what you're seeing now with the Eagles. But I think their biggest thing um, when it came to wins and losses is they have to just sit back and just self-reflect on just who their key guys are, who they need to get the ball to. Because we are seeing A.J. Brown frustrated on the sideline, right? And we've seen this before with Dallas when C.D. Lamb was mad. And he told him, like, yo, I need to be involved. Like, get me the ball, and then the offense will open up. When the Eagles was rolling, right, it was a six-game stretch where here's A.J. Brown numbers. Nine catches for 131, nine catches for 175, six catches for 127, seven catches for 131, ten catches for 137, eight catches for 130. Right. Mm. He was killing it. We were talking about <laughs> he might hit 2K, not just Tyreek. Right. We all we had him almost in the MVP conversation, right? As non-quarterbacks. Now let's take a look at his last, let's just say, couple games, right? When it comes to receiving. Um, he hasn't hit a hundred yards. Well, he hit a hundred yards 49ers game, but let's go back a couple games before that. Cowboys game, he went sevens for 66. That's okay. But against the Chiefs, he's 
one catch, eight yards. Wow. Bills, five catches, 37 yards. 49ers, he exploded, eight catches for 114. Um, Cowboys, again, he was decent, nine for 94, but now it's going back to five catches, 56 yards, six catches, 80 yards. That's okay. Four catches, 53 yards. And again, Giants, one catch for nine yards. He's banged up. He needs 100 yards for this team to be the Eagles. You have to feed him the way Dallas is feeding C.D. Lamb. The offense has to go through him. He has to get his touches early because once he gets his touches early, it will open up the rest of the offense for uh, Devontae to get his touches. Then Sweat can run the rock, take a little pressure off of uh, Jalen. So they just have to set reflect and say, how were we winning our games before when we were hot? And just go back to that. And when you're moving the ball, as a defensive guy, we know best. If you're picking up first downs, you're moving the ball, especially when you're putting up seven in the red zone, it makes it a lot easier on yeah, the but, defense. But, B, but sometimes y'all don't understand y'all don't understand how crucial you guys are to uh, uh, the efficiency of the offensive side, right? You're a defensive guy, played, was it 11 years, B, or 10? 10. 10 years in the National Football League at cornerback, right? Like, I, I know you guys – I know you understand complementary football, right? Like, I'm not even mm-hmm. going to make it seem like, you know, you're ignorant or something here. You got low football IQ. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is I feel like a lot of y'all don't really understand how crucial uh, uh, y'all's success on that side is to how we flow on offense, right? Because when you look at the See, Philadelphia – I look at it the other way around. Go ahead, finish. Go- I'm going to tell you. I, we, I look at it the other way around. Go yeah, so, so for me, it's like, man, when we have a defense out there, like I would say I, – I would actually say the, the, the power, the strength of the Philadelphia Eagles, like at their, t- at their peak, was their defense. Like they were solid. And then and, and somebody – some people going to look at me like, well, Jalen Hurts – and AJ Brown and 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 Smitty, blah 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 blah. No, bro, we're talking about before that secondary was exposed. It seemed like there was no creases, no cracks. There was nothing that you can get on that defense. Okay, and then even when they were when they weren't on their A game, it was a bend but don't break defense. So they get exposed. Now the deep the secondary. This is something that Debo Samuel's been saying since last year. Oh, man, like, come on, y'all trash, Bradbury, y'all trash, y'all trash, y'all trash, y'all trash. So they get exposed halfway through this year. And since then, everybody's been pouring it on. So what happens to the offensive side? Because you're right, A.J. Brown's a dog. Like, I love that because, like, he's the – people always ask me, like, do you see yourself in any of these uh, uh, younger wide receivers? A.J. Brown is the the one, right? And and so I played that position where it's like, yo, it's one-on-one coverage. I know I'm getting the ball. So because that defense – played at a high level for so long, on offense, they were able to play a, have a balanced attack. It's one-on-one with A.J. Brown. Here you go. Pitch and catch. Go slant, back shoulder, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, y'all want to lean coverage to A.J. Brown? We're just going to go to Smitty. Oh, y'all want to take our deep threat, our, our jump balls and our, our, our go balls away? Oh, we're just going to run the ball. Oh, Jalen Hurts going to take off. But what happens is when that defense is exposed and now you put you put more pressure on the offensive side, now you have that balanced attack. Now you got to throw more than you than you than you really can. And that is the problem that I see. And so that's why I said that B is because that defense was the ones that allowed the Philadelphia Eagles to have a, a balanced attack that gave them so many advantages and so many uh edges over their opponent and that doesn't exist anymore. 
That's crazy hearing you say that from an offense perspective, right? Because I look at it as 100% the other way around. Mm. When the defense is on the field, right, and let's just say we start out and we get a three and out. If the offense is getting first down at the first down, yo, we sitting on the sideline. We well rested. We can actually go through our little play sheet. We talking to coach like, listen, next time we do this, well, they do this. We're going to run this. And, oh, we got them. We we can actually adjust during the game That's on right. the sideline, right? That's right? But when the offense going out there three and out, it literally feels like this. It feels like you come off the field, boom. You walk to the sideline. You grab some water. As soon as your butt hit that bleacher, like, hey, punt team, get ready. And it's like, yo, it's like, y'all got to chill, bro. Like, one time is okay. But whenever it's happening back to back, you can't in-game adjust. The defensive coordinators, like, they start panicking, like, yo, like, we on the field a lot. Our offense is struggling. So now we go blitz a little bit more. We go play a little bit more, man. We got to gamble a little bit more to try to steal a possession because our offense is struggling. And when you start gambling on the defense side of the ball and trying to press a little bit too much, that's when you start being exposed. And that's when you start seeing the holes that was there during the latter part of the season that wasn't there at the beginning of the season. But look like, at it this way, I, B. I, look at it this way, though, B. This is all, the only thing I'm saying is, and, and, and it's hard for people to see this. Hopefully they can see it now. The defense was strong. The Philadelphia Eagles defense was stronger than the Philadelphia offense because, like, everything you said, right, you described the Peyton Manning-led uh, uh, team. Peyton Manning, that's exactly what it was. Like, there, he was able to go out there and give Dwight Freeney and all those boys, you know, those ec- that extra rest. And, and, and what you described, that was that, right? Joe Burrow. Uh, there's some other guys out there. But then let's go back into our day on the defensive side where the defense made the offense better. Ray Lewis. Like Ray Lewis and the, and the Baltimore Ravens made that offense with Joe Flacco and them like just click and move more efficiently. And that's what I'm saying, B, is that the Philadelphia Eagles defense, when they were at full throttle, it made it easier for Jalen Hurts to operate. Now it's here's the ball, Jalen Hurts. You have to go get it done, and he's not getting it done. And he got to stop turning the ball over too because when he turned the ball over, like the opposite team getting points, and all season the Eagles been winning them close games. Them one-score games, they've been going Philly way. Not them turnovers starting to kind of hit them like hard, right in the chest where now teams are getting 14 points off turnovers or they're at least getting 10 points off turnovers. And when it comes to the end of the game, when you usually win by that three or that seven or that one score game, like, nah, it's not going in their favor right now. That's right. But they have right. to just calm down. They got to relax. It's going to be hard. Ain't because... no relax. It's over, B. Well, I can it's tell over, you guys B. this. I actually have good news. According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, um, Jalen Hurts' finger, literally, it says it just popped out. And A.J. Brown has been still, That's not great. It still popped out. Like, no, no, he's still no, sore, still swollen. Can he still hold a football? But go ahead. Well, he's saying he's taking it day by day at this point. <laughs> and A.J. Brown, uh, apparently they cleared him and said that his ACL is intact. Okay, what about his PCL? What about his MCL? Like, <laughs> These are just initials. There's a lot of LCLs out there. <laughs> but I bring he's that up be, because going be into up. next week, if they do um, play – They'll be playing Tampa, and right now Philly is a one and a half point favorite against Tampa. 
But should the Eagles be favored on the road? You said a one and a half point favorite. <laughs> let, let me repeat that. Think one about, and a half. Think about that. <laughs> B, uh, if this was September, October, them boys would probably been favored by seven. <laughs> yeah. You get a safety in one. No, man. I got I'm telling you, take take Tampa Bay. Take Baker Mayfield. You want to make some money? You got Valentine's Day coming up here soon. All y'all out there, put your money on uh Tampa Bay to cover. And watch now, what Baker, happens. Baker's streaky. Like, I always have faith in Baker, right? He'll come out there and start going crazy and throw for 300. Like, he did go toe-to-toe with Pat Mahomes when they had Tyreek Hill out there in Kansas City. So, Baker go cook. Tampa is a team that's been in the playoffs recently and been successful. Todd Bowles ain't no stranger to the big game when it comes to getting his team, getting his defense right and ready to play. So, yeah, Tampa is that team you should be scared for. I don't see how Philly is the favorite. The way they've been playing and the fact that they got to go on the road, that's insane that they're the favorite right now. Right, and beat up. So if the Eagles lose in Tampa next week, guys, should Philly reconsider firing – sorry, consider firing Sirianni? No. No, 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 no. No, because like – B-Flow laughs. (laughs) Why would you you feel, B? Nah, like this is the only franchise that considers firing coaches after they reach the Super Bowl. Like Doug Peterson <laughs> went and got won it, wrote a book, and got fired like two years later. Nick Sirianni, Nick Sirianni just got there, and his team was playing well this year, and he in the playoffs again. Like you go think about firing this man—that's crazy. Only Philly though. But so, so you're saying B that it can happen? It can because this is Philly. Wow. Should he? It shouldn't be no thought about it. Like, no. Like, his team is banged (laughs) up. Slay's banged up. Black and Ship's banged up. Like, Bradbury went through a rough patch. Like, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, they're banged up. DeAndre Swift banged up. Like, they hold Here's the scary – here's why I said that the Philadelphia Eagles are done, right? Because everything we talked about was all physical. And you can – really good teams and players, especially led by good coaches – they know how to adjust or make some tweaks that put you in a better position, right, to be successful. The problem that I see in Philly, right, the final nail in the coffin is that they're, the chemistry's off. That's what it made is. that team special. You know what I'm saying? When you watch them play, they don't, you don't see no togetherness. You don't see that fire. You understand? So, like, that's the only thing I can see where I can say, all right, well, this may fall on the head coach, right? Because you always talk about, you always hear, uh, did he lose the locker room? And so there's a lot of information that we're not privy to a lot of times. And so internally, no. So if, if this downfalls because he wasn't able to keep all these dudes uh, aligned and pushing to, to yeah, one mission, then I can see that happening. But, man, like – Like I, even though he can say, I need to get – no, the coordinators got to go first. Because when he had the right coordinators in place – like, they always look like the best team in the league. Now he's working with new coordinators. Patricia. Could be like, yo, we made the wrong Man, decision. Or the GM made the wrong decision bringing these coordinators in. Like, no, let me pick my guys or bring me some more guys in that can get the job done. Then you let me know. 10% chance. Woo. 10% chance that uh, Nick Sariani is let go. 7% chance. 7.5. I, I agree with you, but I also see what uh, B-Flow saying as far as, like, how quickly they fired Doug Peterson. It's kind of... Right. Kind of crazy. But yeah, that's can I get one more question in here? <laughs> Go ahead. I just want to reach out to BC and ask him, how good did that New York Giants oh, win feel, bro? It felt so amazing. It's oh, so my God, amazing. man. We, told, we called it. They were going to get one out of two of those games. Yeah. 
That's it wasn't crazy. going. Yeah, exactly. It's finished. They finished. If you BC, me, would you would you mind having Tyrod Taylor as your starter next year? Nope, I would not mind. I would mm. not mind. But he healthy. He played well. He, yeah. When he healthy. He balled. Yeah, I, I wouldn't and we mind having won that game. Interesting. Right. Well, I think I think Brian Dayball when he went to Buffalo, Tyrod Taylor was there and he was his guy. I believe. I believe. So they def mm. they definitely have years of history in different uh uh you know cities so we will see that's an interesting that's an interesting question that's one of those things that we're gonna have to be paying attention they to seem committed this offseason huh they seem committed to daniel jones they keep saying oh yeah daniel jones is the starter for 2024 and i was like bro they have to but be y'all have to say that. we got a 40 million dollar what do you mean because it's him. a game it's a game you're talking yes there's so much money that you guys have committed to him he just signed a huge deal where he's making 40 million dollars a year which is insane Okay, so now how do you get out of that? You can't go out there and talk bad about the guy when you know and decrease oh, his decrease trade his value. value. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> right. you got to play okay. the game. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. But, but, but. Me, <laughs> <laughs> I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if they bring him back. I would not be surprised. Nah, that's I would crazy. Be surprised you can't Tyrod, bring Danny Downs back. You see how the team functioning with Tyrod. They look like a different team. They look like they got a little pep in their step, but it ain't no fluke one game. Like, they look like a totally different offense. Like, receivers are actually getting open. Like, it's weird I mean, how the team is functioning under Tyrod. If Fields is still available, I mean, if Fields uh, becomes available, or you have Russell Wilson, or you have these other options out here, why would you would you commit to Daniel Jones over them? No, <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. But but you know I don't know their entire cap situation, right? But you got to look at that. You know how do you get from underneath this contract? He just signed it, so I think that is the biggest. That's the biggest challenge for them. But I do believe that the Giants organization, this fan base, is so hungry to get back to a premier space. Right, that they would take a hit if the the right opportunities out there. Like we're talking, we seen Tish and you no know, Mr. Mara uh, for you know uh, a season or two just flip over trash cans in his owner's box, his owner's suite, right? Because they they just can't get it done. So I could see them making a move. By the way, Beefo mentioned this as far as uh, you don't fire the head coach first, you file the coordinators. So I just got ESPN update that two coaches got fired on the Giants. The special teams coordinator, Thomas Magani or McGahey, oh. and O-line coach, Bobby Johnson. Both got just uh, just got fired. Oh, that, you know Coach uh, McGahey, Coach Mack. You know him, right, B Beefalo? He's one mm -hmm. of the best uh, special team coaches. I think that's a chemistry thing. I think that's just, uh, you know personality thing does he fit Brian Dayball because they they got into it this year uh coach Dayball and his defensive coordinator got into it this year mm. and he had to smooth it over by just saying when you're losing like everything sucks so yeah uh what they call is this black Friday is this black Monday is that what they call it black Monday where all the coaches get fired this uh -huh. is black Monday yeah, yeah. you saw it knowing yeah. yeah. oh, makes sense black Monday get the trash bags well I know players, we always talk about the players getting trash. We got those yeah. big black trash bags. I wonder what the coaches, do they take boxes or do they get the trash bags? No, they get suitcases. <laughs> they get suitcases. Hey, I, I hate to stay on this Giants subject, though, but I, I just want to know because we have some Giants like fanatics in here. But my thing is, right now you got the number six pick. Do you even want to see the Giants go for a quarterback there or y'all have to build y'all team out and you will want to – 
go more towards the needs of y'all team, whether it's O line, whether it's edge rusher, like how would y'all want to see this number six pick used? Mm, is there a sure shot future Hall of Famer? Is there a top shotter? <laughs> I think, <laughs> man, to like, me, I, I mean, <laughs> everybody on Caleb from USC, but I think Michael Penix is the best quarterback in this draft, and I think he might be that at number six. He's going to win a right. national championship tonight. But not like, just in this draft. I mean, is there a franchise altering, like, you know, you're, you know you're drafting a, a stud. You know, you know you're drafting somebody that's gonna be there for a while. That you about to, if if there's somebody like that sitting at six, then yeah. But if not, then yeah, you just go. If if they're that committed to Daniel Jones, quote unquote, then yeah, you just build out the rest of your squad and uh, and run with that. But, I, I I wonder if there's a package the Giants can put together to throw out the Chicago Bears, right? Um, I wonder. The Bears have one and nine. Nah, that that won't make sense because I I, I think, you know, I was saying uh, for the past couple of months that the Chicago Bears should stick with Justin Fields. I think they're going to move on. It just makes sense. Mm. It just makes sense. It's just like, look, uh, it, it's just not worth it. You know, I think they'll be they'll be like, if they if they pass on one of these quarterbacks at the top of the draft. And that quarterback goes on to have a, a Joe Burrow type or even look like Justin Herbert, like just freaking throwing it around the field. If if there if any quarterback look like that, I think they'll get crushed. And it'll be hard for this ownership group to respond, like to to recover from it, because people they they they're just ready. Chicago, you talk about the Giants are ready for a win. Chicago Bears fan base, Chicago is ready. Yeah. So I never mind. I was going to say I, you know, maybe there's a a, a package deal where, and, and there's probably there's some scenarios, some opportunities out there for the Giants where they go get a veteran quarterback and then go get that Marvin Harrison Jr. Right? Because you talk about franchise altering player, right? He is. I'll take him in the top round. I mean, top Definitely. of the round. I'll take him top five, which he'll probably go. You think he'll so, go top five? So you'll take uh, nah, he's going top five for sure. So you'll take him and Kirk Cousin? Yes, I would. I would if I'm yes, yes. You like you? Would you? Now I like Kirk. I like yeah. Dang, I, I forgot that. about Kirk. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk. Noted, putting Kirk noted division. Like come on, like you go have to pay for him though. Kirk go want that bread. Mm. Coming off of Achilles, it don't matter. Kirk, Kirk has never not gotten paid. Like you think he cares? <laughs> <laughs> he don't mind. Like, he's always Boy, a bank robber. That's all he know. <laughs> I mean, all I, right, guys. I, well, Kirk over Russ. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, we'll 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 leave that. I was gonna say we'll Kirk leave that for another Russ? time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So the Patriots. We know about the Patriots. They had their worst season since Bill Belichick took over the team in 2000, and now everyone is wondering if Bill Belichick is out of New England after 23 years. Belichick will meet with the with Kraft to discuss his future after this four-win season. Question, what should the Pats do with Belichick? Mm. So what should the New England Patriots do with Coach Bill Belichick? The easy answer is you keep Coach Bill Belichick. Do you know that there's owners right now, there's owners right now lined up for Bill Belichick? The Washington Redskins, there's a report out there. Um, heard this from our super producer, Brian, this morning. They are drooling, drooling at the, foaming at the mouth, excuse me, to get Bill Belichick, get the opportunity to talk to him. 
Do you think uh, 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 Spanos, is it Spanos out? How you say the Chargers uh, owner's last Spanos. name, B? Yeah, you're right. You don't, think, you don't think they want him? So there's and, – and there's – and I know this for a fact that there are teams out there, at least one that I know of, that has a really good coach, but they wouldn't mind getting in there if there was a trade opportunity. There was a trade opportunity. So they you keep this guy. Come on. All, like, y'all need to – Mr. Kraft and, and Bill Belichick need to come together and figure out what they need to do to push for it. We know if they had a quarterback, they'll be better. But there was reports that came out, what, a week or two ago that said uh, coming into the year, Bill Belichick wanted to keep Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia as the play caller. Matt Patricia is now the defensive coordinator back in his spot, I guess, with the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's talks about him, you know, if he's uh, good enough to have that uh, that role in Philly. So you have Bill O'Brien that comes in. Bill O'Brien wants to – Change the entire offense uh, of coaching staff. Bill Belichick says no. So I'm saying all that because when there's no alignment there, when there's no continuity, no consistency there, then it, it, it shows up on the field. So what Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft need to do is figure out what moves they need to make, all right, and then they need to all buy into that. And they need to go get their quarterback. That's what they need to do. If if I'm Robert Kraft, I'm sorry, I'm sitting down with Bill Belichick, and I'm saying, sorry, Bill, but back to the ghetto you go. Like you got to go to another dysfunctional, or because only teams that's gonna want Bill Belichick right now is a dysfunctional franchise, because Bill Belichick is gonna want to be the GM, he's gonna want to be the head coach, he's gonna want to be the co- like he's gonna want to be everything, right? And if I'm Robert Kraft, like yes, coaching, yes, I would love to have you. But Bill Belichick is not going to take a step back and say we're going to bring another GM in. The last couple of years, you can't you can't name a solid transaction for the franchise that Bill Belichick has made. Whether it's coaching, whether it's bringing in the players that's going to fit the scheme and get this team going. Like the GM Bill Belichick to me is so bad, where it's like you can't keep letting it deplete your program, your franchise. Now, if it's a team that's reaching like the Commanders. That just feel like, yo, like, we all over the place right now. We just need some direction. We don't even know who we want to be our GM, Bill. Just come save us, and hopefully your legend name and your status gives us some kind of respect in this NFC East where we're the bottom feeders. Yes, I can see them. I can see the Carolina Panthers wanting to bring them in. I don't even think – There's no way he's going to work with that that – no, no, no! I'm, I'm saying to say they're crazy with that in. owner. Talk- that owner. There's no way. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about oh, wanting to bring Tepper. him in. I'm not saying Bill Pelichek wants to go. I'm saying wanting to bring him in. Yes, the Chargers would want to bring him in because they feel like they missed with so many coaches recently, and the type of owner Dean Spanos is. He's a good owner, but he's not savvy when it comes to knowing football and what decisions to make. Yes, he has uh, his sons on the uh, staff that can help make those decisions, but they'll be reaching if they go Bill Belichick route. They don't. They don't need him to try to be the GM over there. I think Tom Telesco is a top five GM in the league. He always had a great roster. He just missed with head coaches. So going from someone that can handpick in LA with the Chargers, that can handpick and build a roster out almost flawlessly, to a Bill Belichick who's been missed. Missing after missing after missing after all these years, you don't want to take that step back. So Bill's gonna have to go somewhere 
to a team that's not winning. They're probably not going to have a quarterback. And then to be honest, I don't even think he want to do that. So mm. I can almost even see him retiring because I think Kraft go wipe wow. his hands with him. And then he's no going to say, yo, don't send me to that team. I don't care what they offering you. And he might. This, be, so, this might be the last. So, B, you don't think after all this work that he put in in New England that they can mutually uh, 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 part ways? Right, like I, because because that's what I did. No, I was like in that same situation. That's what it's gonna be. Because it's, it's respect. Because be a firing. Yes, or or a trade though. Like, because I remember my last my 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 last year in New York. Right, Coach Todd Bowles, the head coach. We had a special relationship. We go. We went back to when he was a coordinator when he was with the Miami Dolphins. So, when he, I was in Chicago when he got the head coaching job. Just a little bit of backstory. When 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 he was going on his uh on his little tour to see where he was going to end up. He stopped in Chicago. I was in Chicago, right? They asked the question, what are you going to do uh, with Jay Cutler and Brandon Marshall? He said, I'm keeping both, right? And they felt like one of us had to go, and that was the wrong decision. But he ended up, like, leaving and not wanting to be in Chicago. Uh, He gets to New York, and one of the first moves he made was getting me to New York. So, boom, I get there. So after my last year, I go to Coach Bowles, and I'm like, Coach, man, I don't want to be here, man, because I, I I'm, I'm older. I probably got a couple more years left, and I want to win the Super Bowl. And we had some characters on the defensive side that we paid and we were committed to, but they were showing up late. They wasn't in shape. And I was like, there's no way that we'll get it done with them with us being committed there. And there's no way that I'll be able to be here and thrive because I'm going to probably end up fighting them, and that's going to be the end of me. So I asked, and we went back and forth for probably six weeks, right? He's like, he told my agent what to, he told my agent, right? We had a good relationship. I was like, man, tell, tell Coach Bob I'm not getting traded, right? I ain't getting traded. He need to let me go so I can go pick my own team. And he told my agent, he said, tell Brandon, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, long story short, long story short, bro, probably after like a couple weeks after him telling me, fuck me, <laughs> they end up releasing me. Right. And they respected that. And I end up going to the New York football giants. So I say all that because you got to think about Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft's relationship and how much work he put in and all the success that he brought to this organization. I feel like he could be in a position where Robert Kraft is like, look, we're just going to let you go. Do you see that happening, Brandon? A hundred percent. They're not going to fire him. They're not going to trade him because I'm telling you, it's going to be teams that are dysfunctional that's going to want Bill to come in. The only team I can see Bill thriving with right now, and this is it's a possibility that they'll move on from their squad, but it's still up in the air because they do have an identity because of him, is the New York Jets. Mm. They have a great defense. <laughs> oh, so he can uh, go back to the Jets? Yeah, he's going back to the Jets. <laughs> I mean, think about it. The Jets got a great defense. They got pieces in place. They're going to have Rodgers for a year. Um, he's going to be happy he got a vet quarterback. They can still draft for a guy that's going to come in the wings of Aaron Rodgers if they want, but that's not a bad team. And if the Jets feel like Robert Sala isn't their answer, I can see the Jets possibly making that move to try to get Bill Belichick in there. Mm. Okay. I can see that. That ain't happening. It's possible. That's the only team. That's the only team I feel like he can be successful at and a team that's going to want him to come in. Right, he should just walk away though. I think so too. Walk away so, while you want to. But you know, he got an well, ego. He can't top, let bro. it be. Oh, once he left Brady, that was that was his career. 
Like he has to have a playoff run. I know, like, but if he doesn't sport, get that, then it's gonna be, oh, you can only do it with Brady. So he risked, you know, really salting his shit up a little bit more if he hangs on either in New England or goes somewhere else and then he doesn't do anything, then it's going to be, oh, you can't win without Brady. See, that's why I see that. That's why I don't see him going to a commanders or a team that I think is not a contender. He's like, yo, I'm not trying to build. Like, I'm old. Let me go to a team that's a contender with a piece or two, which that piece is me, and I can bring in the other one, and let's just go. So the Jets for me is that only team. If it's not them, yeah, he need to just go ahead and retire and be a great. What about all right? I know we got to move on really quickly. Ten seconds, B. But you can't see. You see retiring. I can't see Bill Belichick retiring. He's one of those guys that we're going to scrape him off the fifty yard line when he's he's going to be literally dying on the fifty yard line. We'll be like all right, it's time to go now. You don't, you can't see him going to college football really quickly. No, he don't have a him him recruiting and going to sitting in everybody's locker room and dealing with college players getting paid. No, it's no way. And guys entering a portal and it's no way he'll go to college. He'll he'll lose his mind. He'll lose he'll his, lose mind, his mind. So Brian actually brought up a good point, which is Belichick probably he's really close to Don Shula's record. He's only about twenty plus games off. That's I think twenty six. Yeah, he's well. If I'm going by his winning record, he has 302 wins. John Shula has 328. Wow! So he's 26 games away from tying that record, and I mean, it looks like he wants it. But the final question I have on this is actually the Pats are officially locked into the third pick of the NFL draft. So what would be the dream scenario for New England with that pick? So dream scenario is they get, um, they get, they get, they get two, two, two superstars. Uh, for that pick they are notorious for packaging stuff up and moving back into the draft I can see them trying to make a play out of and the reason why I say getting two superstars I can see them going after a veteran quarterback after this experience with Mac Jones they moved up in the first round to get Mac Jones they were high on Mac Jones right so I can see them you know having a little bit of trauma a little bit of trauma still left over from this experience with Mac Jones and maybe going to get a veteran quarterback, uh, and then going to get, you know, like a Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I, I can see something like that for sure. Yeah, um, I don't think they take quarterback there. He's not dealing with another rookie if he is. If Belichick is there, they're not going rookie. If he leaves, they might let a rookie come in and he start his whole co- I mean, whole new career with a different guy, right? Different head coach, a different O coordinator, fresh rookie. So it depends on if Belichick there or not. If Belichick is there, he going Jimmy G. We all know. Oh, he going Jimmy G to bring him in. And then that's who that's who he loves. Well, what they could do, B, can you see them going Jimmy G and getting your boy uh Michael uh Jr. or Nah, Michael Penis can't sit, man. Cause Jimmy G is not that old. If Jimmy G is if Jimmy G is doing a fairly good job, like he got to rock yeah. out. Give him you seven. What, think about it. Sometimes they draft. Uh, they 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 put together uh, a scenario like this where they're expecting the rookie to sit only for six seven games, but a year you you can't see him sitting for a rookie quarterback sitting for a year. They wouldn't bring Jimmy G in to sit him for a year. Bro. Like they'll they'll be like Jimmy G. I'm telling you, uh, Josh McDaniels coming back is gonna be a reunion. They gonna say let's rock out until I win this award. Josh McDaniel, I mean, before until I breaks Don Shula record, Josh McDaniels go feel like he might have a shot to take over because he got Jimmy G rolling when Belichick retire and they go keep it in that family. Right. 
Right. The last thing I would say, like, BC, you about to jump in there? So you... Yeah, no, nah, I was just going to say, I don't think he's going to be worried about Don Shula's record. He already got more rings than Shula. He's not worried about the wins. But what about Harbaugh? If they could get Harbaugh in there. Harbaugh ain't going there. It's too boring. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going from Michigan. He goes over That's there true. with a new quarter. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they both blue collar. Yeah. Blue collar. Cool yeah. Like, Kraft is like a dope owner. He'll probably feel like, and the thing is, you know what you know what I'm thinking about? Jim Harbaugh getting to see Michael Penix live, mm. right? So he watched him on film. He goes, know him inside out. I'm going to throw these different things to at you to see, like, what you can handle, what you can't handle. Interesting. And Harbaugh starting off with Penix. Harbaugh with, with a new, with new with England. A young, exactly. Interesting, B. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Wow. Harbaugh to the New England Patriots. With a rookie quarterback, I can see that. I can see the Patriots going to rookie quarterback if they go that scenario, but not with uh, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, think about that. You think he wants to go through another two, three years of, you know, no developing way. and waiting for this thing to come together? We'll, we we will crush he the, the the poor old man. His his health would deteriorate so fast. <laughs> <laughs> all the pressure on him, all the talk around. Oh, it was Tom Brady this whole time. Asante Samuels out there talking about, I told y'all, I told y'all. LaShawn McCoy out there saying, see, he's not a good coach. No, he need to go veteran quarterback. But anyways, we will see. That's another storyline. We should put together a list of all the major storylines. Can we do that, that we need to be watching for, uh, watching out for this 24 offseason, Brian? Like, Let's name some of them real quick. Let's go around really quick. Let's see if everyone can name. Give me two of the top storylines that you are paying attention to uh, this offseason. So I'll start it off. For me, um, Russell Wilson. I think that's the that's the that's number one for me. Where will Russell Wilson land? That's number one. Uh, number two for me uh, is going to be. Um, I want to see. I, I, I want to see. I want to see. I, I would say Bill Belichick. I'm sorry to steal this one, but I, I would say Bill Belichick. I want to see what happens with Bill Belichick. Either way, anybody else want to chime in? I want to. I want to know where Harbaugh's landing. Like the Harbaugh clock. That's mm. that's definitely on my radar. And I want to see if AP's going to stay. Antonio Pierce going to stay in Las Vegas. Ooh. Like Las Vegas looked like a pretty good team with him. As the head coach. And if you let him build, and he's going to give that team identity. They play for him, right? The Raiders got an excellent fan base. Like, I want to see if the Raiders are going to build off that or just bring in some random coach and then they're at the bottom of the division again. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Any, Andrew, BC? I'll I'll say, I mean, it's such a sudden question. I didn't have anything in mind, but I'll say I'll keep an eye on Nick Sirianni's job. Interesting. That would be that would be uh, I, I would say I'd be blindsided if that happens, but I can see it happening. It's the National Football League. I would say a couple of them, but the Barkley and Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. Ooh, that's a good mm, one. Those yeah. are good. BC. You said yeah. Barkley and Stephon Saquon Diggs. And, and Saquon. No, Saquon and Stefan. And Stefan, excuse me, yes. What if Stefan ends up in what if Stefan ends up next to Saquon in the Giants locker room? I can go with that. I can live with that. I can live with that. No beef with that. I'm yes. th- I think Saquon stay, and I think that's that's the top of uh, Stefan Diggs' list. I, like New York, it just that's him. 
from a football standpoint and from a personal standpoint. That's him. Another another one, right? Let's go back to college, NCAA. Caleb Williams, he's trying to pull off at Eli Manning. I'm trying to dictate where I want to play. What organization will set me up for success? Let's watch that because there could be drama literally uh, during the opening statements of the NFL draft. And then also Michael Penix Jr., right? That's your guy, Brandon. Where will he land? Where is he going to end up? Justin Jefferson, how big of a deal is he going to get? Some smaller ones, right? Some, uh, I would say some secondary market, uh, uh, top top storylines. T. Higgins. I want to see where T. Higgins, I want to see that secondary market. Like guys like that, what type of deal is he going to get? Where is he going to end up? T. Higgins is a dog. If I'm Kansas City, I overpay for him. Andy Reid not going into next season like without at least two wide receivers that he definitely can depend on. Like, hey, I know when I throw it to you, I can depend on you winning a one-on-one matchup. He's getting two of them. It's not one of them coming in. He's never dealing with what he had to deal with this year ever again. What about Jerry Judy? What what, what about Jerry Judy as a storyline? What do you you guys see for Jerry Judy? I actually see a similar storyline to uh, the guy um, we did an interview with him, Claypool. Uh-huh. Only, only, and the only reason I say that is because I'm seeing similarities in the way that they approach the game when they're upset. Mm. And that, that throws me off because it's like you should always be the constant professional. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting upset and throwing the ball or, you know, having emotions, no one's really looking for you like that. Mm. Yeah, he's going to sign a prove it deal. And it's going to be somewhere like mm, somewhere like the Saints or somewhere where it's like a prove it deal. Like go out, you got a new system you plan for. Show us that you can get busy. But yeah, I don't, I don't see him getting no big deal or something that's gonna turn so, out his. A, a lot of people are talking about not a lot of people. That, when every time I talk about Jerry Judy, uh, people see him in um, Houston with C.J. Stroud and Tank Dale. That could be, that be interesting. Nice. A younger, I see them. I could see him potentially Kyler Murray. They just doubled down Arizona, doubled down on Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray looks phenomenal. Oh my goodness! Remember, they were talking about Caleb going there, and now they're like, "Nah." I told you, Kyler, my guy, man. Yeah, I love like, I'm a Kyler Murray fan. Joystick out of his hand, man. That's all. No, keep playing. the joystick. <laughs> keep the joystick. All right, we'll move on so, here. What we're gonna move on to is we're gonna go outside of NFL for a moment, guys. Um, so we have big news with. Uh, the golfer Tiger Woods. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Is he okay? Any more scandals? Well, he apparently has <laughs> ended his 27-year relationship with Nike. Okay. So Woods was signed by Nike after he went pro in 96. Uh, Tiger has actually made $500 million plus million during his deal with Nike. What do you guys think about this uh, certain sudden separation? How, it's interesting. Uh, I was seeing some on Instagram where, where they walked me through or us through whoever's watching the videos are real just a content creator talking about why nike got out of the golf business years ago so it's interesting that this is happening now because i am prepared i have information uh this is great business for nike right now obviously a legend like tiger woods um you know you you, you want to keep relationships with guys like that the same way that reebok you know, maintained a relationship with Shaquille O'Neal and Allen Iverson, uh, Nike and Jordan, um, and there's so many other names. Uh, you know, Deion Sanders is now back with Nike. Bo Jackson and Nike. Scottie Pippen is repping his retros with Nike, right? So, you, you know, you, you would love to see them maintain some type of relationship, but it makes sense because Nike's 
and I'll be quick here. You know, this is all the information I got on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> Nike, Nike's number one category is what? Running. They were getting their ass kicked in running. You're having companies like H- Hookah, H-O-K-U, uh, Hoka and brands like that that was dominating the category for a couple of years. So what they said is, let's get the hell out of this golf stuff that's not giving us the ROI that we're looking for. So we're not going to be selling golf clubs. We're not going to be selling golf shoes. And let's get back to dominating our number one category. And now brands like Jordan that's in our family can go out there and sell golf stuff that's why you're seeing jordan pop up right mm. so maybe just a little too much information a little boring but i feel prepared because i watched a tiktok and instagram reel so they got out of it because the business wasn't good but they kept tiger woods this was years ago this was probably 10 12 years ago all right now they're cutting ties with them why are they cutting ties with them b flow because tiger like when's the last time you won a major we want winners yeah he's like, i don't tiger. i don't think it's man Tiger's a legend. I think he goes down as the GOAT um, in golf. I think Tiger is the one that was like, yo, we either going to do this deal or I'm going to test out the market because I got my sequel coming behind me. And when you do a deal with me, you go lock him in, right? And Nike, Nike's kind of like, yeah, Tiger, you kind of asking for a little bit too much. Like, we believe your son is going to be this, this, mm. that. But we're not going to pull that trigger. I think Tiger is much more of a business uh, brand. Like He has a brand that is slept on. I think he knows how he want to position his son. He signed a, he signed to Nike when he was young. He sees the writing on the wall. He's been through everything. He's been through every negotiation. He sees where golf is even going. So many athletes golfing now. Like Everybody is paying attention to golf now. You see DJ Khaled out here golfing. All the rappers, like everybody want to golf. And he see how big the game is going to be. So himself and his agent is just like, yo, if we go to Adidas or we go to, you know, anyone like Reebok, what kind of bag can we get? Tiger, no, he had the end of his. I still want a bag because if you give me this bag and this deal, I guarantee you that I'll put my son through this same system and my son is going to be the next this and that. So I think it was also Tiger saying, Nah, I want that bag. If y'all ain't gonna give it to me, we can part ways. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Well, guys, let's move back into football with our favorite game. What's the word? So we talked about this on the show last week. Dan Campbell decided to play his starters in an otherwise meaningless week 18, 18 game. Well, it actually ended up backfiring on him in a big way when Sam Laporta went down with the knee injury. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but what's the word? Campbell playing starters week 18 was business. And look, look, Andrew looking at me because he feels differently. I know where he, I know your point of view. <laughs> bro, it's business, bro. Like, and I read a couple articles. Like I tell you, the trick is go to the local beat. The men and women on the beat, they'll tell you everything. <laughs> they put it. Uh, Dan Campbell, Campbell lose their star rookie tight end to modestly improve his playoff position, <laughs> right? Like he was trying to go from three to two. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get to the two seed. They had the Dallas Cowboys playing the Washington Commanders later on in the evening. If Dallas lost, then the Detroit Lions, who already secured their spot, and this is what rubs you the wrong way, Wu. Yeah. They already secured their spot. They wanted division for the first time in 30 years. They're good. They're in. 
But if the commanders beat the Cowboys, now they're number two. And that's what he was going after. And there's an interesting quote, right? So I read through all of this, the Detroit whatever it's called, all right? I read through all of this, and there was one quote that said, you know what? I got Dan Campbell's back. It hurts because this dude is him. He's him. This 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 young this young tight end is special. I sent Brian, our producer, uh, a a quote from this weekend that he put out there, and I put question marks. He said, he said uh, the the tight end says, uh, I'm gonna be the next Aaron Hernandez. I said, whoa, bro. <laughs> so I get it from a football standpoint. Like he is like that, but bro, like let's not yeah, let's yeah, not make yeah. that comparison. Bad reference. So special guy, but he said this. Uh, B flow. He said. It's either you're all in or you're all out. I rock with a coach that's all in. He went all in, and that's just the that's just the business. Some guys get hurt. So for me, Campbell playing start this week eighteen was predictable. Like you said, B, that's the, that's his mo, right? He's a hard nosed guy. You seen him doing training camp when they're doing stretch drills. They got him doing burpees and blowing a whistle. Like, just remember the Titans. Like, he's a tough-nosed guy. He don't believe in resting players, which I think was a mistake at the end of the day because, B, you know, at the end of the year, even though you get your second win and you're excited the playoffs is coming up, your body need that rest. Some players do feel, hey, if we have a bye, we'll come out the next game kind of sluggish and start slow. I know he didn't want that, but he could have treated this game like a preseason. Yo, if y'all play well, we'll play the first quarter. If y'all kind of struggling and y'all come out flat, we'll play the first half. Like, it's on y'all. How y'all come out and play is how much rest y'all get. Because your team, they need that rest before this little four-game stretch that they about to go to or try to go to to win a Super Bowl. I think it was predictable, but I wish he would have been more careful because losing Sam Laporta would be – Huge for uh, huge the Detroit Lions because yeah. Jamison Williams always banged up, and Jared Goff he doesn't just air it out like he looks for those intermediate throws like that's his game. They run the ball, they make them intermediate throws. That's how they win and sustain drives. So yeah, it was very predictable for me. Yeah, this is a tough one out of all the losses you know over the last couple of weeks. Jalen Phillips in Miami, also Chubbs in Miami, and there's a few others. This is devastating. This dude, I know it's a weird comparison. Um, he should uh, he should be able to read the room, but he is shit. I would say he's going to be better than Aaron Hernandez on the field. Like this is his rookie year for him to be able uh, to move like this and dominate like this. Straight dog. This is going to be huge for them. Well, guys, that comparison Appreciate is Appreciate your feedback. What you say? Yeah, that comparison. <laughs> well, it's pretty wild. He <laughs> <laughs> said, freaking. anybody. I know. You could have. I mean, why didn't you say Travis Kelsey? Like, you could have yeah, said Travis Kelsey. You could have said Hernandez teammate. Grunk. Grunk. Like, yeah. Something. Yeah. Well, I think he was, like, looking for a little uh, shiftier, smaller tight end. What about Antonio Gates? <laughs> Anybody? Was Gonzalez Tony Gonzalez? No, Tony. Tony was Tony a, was well, big. B played with Tony, right? B. Yeah, I caught him at the end of his career. What? How would you describe his game? His he style. Was, it was. I don't know, Smart. man. He was like just so pro style. Because I played with Gates, I played with Kelsey, I played with Gonzalez. They three different 
totally different tight ends. Yeah, he played right with hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on, yeah, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, Give us that. He said he played with Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, and Kelsey. Those are probably yeah. the top three best tight ends in order. Yeah. yeah. Some people are yeah. saying most people are saying Kelsey. I would put Gonzalez at number two, Gates at three. Well, no, you got Grunk. People, people, are, a lot of people have Grunk up there high as well. But damn, B. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we move on, guys, I gotta ask this because I, I was looking up the time to see when the actual injury happened. Uh, B Flow actually mentioned like you know maybe you play the first oh, quarter, I take go, you out, you go. whatever the case is. He got injured <laughs> at one minute and fifty two seconds left in the second quarter. Oh, that's still the beginning of the game. I don't know, man. I feel like maybe first quarter, take your starters out. No, he's trying to. He's trying to. He was trying to look. He's all in, like he said. And they're trying to secure or trying to put themselves in position to win uh, the, the two seed. I don't like Second it, Second quarter, you got to play. I don't like it. Could have been avoided. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mask, great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice, I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving on, what's the word, guys? Interesting story involving the Saints. So New Orleans coach Dennis Allen told his players to run a kneel-down play to run out the clock, and the Saints win. But instead, Jameis Winston called a running play from the one-yard line to get Jamal Williams a TD. Falcons coach Arthur, Arthur Smith was heated after the game, to say the least. So what's the word? Saints players ignoring their head coach and going rogue on offense was? Phenomenal. Loved it. And and, and 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 Arthur, it doesn't matter no more. He was fired this morning. <laughs> Welcome to Black Monday. <laughs> Grab it your briefcase. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, so the the thing that pissed everyone off was it wasn't just going for it when the game was over at the one yard line, right? It, 
it was that they were in victory formation too, B. <laughs> You're in victory formation. Nobody's playing that down. And then you go and you sneak it in. And so I respect it because leading up to this weekend, you saw a lot of players that had big incentives on the line. DeAndre Hopkins had a big incentive on the line. Sterling Shepard had a big incentive on the line. Um, and there were so many other guys, right? Like you do this, you get 750000 You do this, you get a, a, a million dollars, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, being in the locker room before, we, we you saw it, right? Like you saw guys celebrating with their teammates hitting their bonuses. That's one of the greatest joys you have as a teammate, seeing your homie, your brother, hit one of his incentives last game of the season, right? And so Jameis' comments after all of this, was phenomenal. He said, we don't regret it. He basically <laughs> said, we don't regret it. We'll do it again. And that's the type of guy that the teammates will follow. So it was phenomenal for me seeing that. I understand that moment that they probably uh, all enjoyed and experienced together as a team, right? That's the shit that makes you better as a team. So the coaches, he can't – Dennis Allen probably low-key B. He's probably like – he got to go out there and say, look – I, we were going to take the knee. That My team went rogue. It was unprofessional. Da-da-da-da-da. You got to say that. Okay? But then when you get in the locker room, you're like, good job, guys. <laughs> Phenomenal. So, so for me, Saints players going rogue on offense was hilarious. Like, <laughs> because I told people before, like, and this is why Deion Sanders didn't want to come to the NFL. We don't listen to coaches like that. Like, we're going to do what we want to do when we get on the field. And I try to tell people this all the time. It's so many times where we'll go through a whole just breakdown on our defense side of the ball. We get this formation. We're checking this coverage. And as soon as we leave that meeting, I'll tell Derek Johnson, like, don't you check to this coverage. <laughs> this coverage. We going to have an issue when we get on the sideline. All the DBs pull him to the side. And as soon as we see that motion and these guys know we're supposed to check to this coverage, we don't want to run, everybody look at each other like, yo, we all running what we want to run. And you'll see Derrick Johnson just look back like, yo, what we doing? What we doing, guys? Like, yeah, we doing what we want to do. Right. And we'll deal with it when we get to the sideline. Like, no, we do what we want sometimes. That's the thing about NFL players. That's why a lot of coaches can't handle us because – we go go rogue sometimes. And it, that's it, why I applaud guys like the Hardballs in Baltimore where he gets so many big personalities and he keeps it together and they win right. somehow. They keep winning with big personalities. But I loved it. The only thing I didn't like about it was that they got in a victory formation. Like, nah. Like, if you want to get him a touchdown, like, man up. Let the defense know you about to run a play. It's like, yo, we ain't kneeling down. We finna try to score. What y'all want to do? Last game of the season. It would have made it more interesting, more fun, but nah, don't get yeah. don't get in like. I mean, it's funny if you on the Saints squad, cause you go laugh about it, you go run out the field, like B said, be in the locker room, high fiving. You can see Jameis Winston; he was on a high, like yo, right. like that was fun. We did it, we <laughs> yeah. do it again, like let's go, we lit. So but nah, if you're on the other side of the ball, you you definitely want to fight after that. So and and look, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, uh, Flo, but uh, I I have been in this situation. Some teams really embrace this, right, and coaches embrace it. The New York football giants embraced it heavily uh, yesterday, right? You saw Sterling Shepard hit some incentives. Um, you saw Darius Slayton hit an incentive 
for like a reception uh, incentive. Coach Brian Dayball went out there and made sure those guys, all right, hit those marks, right, and got paid. And and to me, that sends your team, uh, sends your team off in the into the offseason on a high note. Like guys seeing that is like, yo, I respect that. Guys on different teams, it makes your team more attractive. Like, yo, your coach did what? That's dope. I was in a situation after my maybe it was it was my second year. I needed ten catches the last seat the last game of the season to go, eclipse a hundred. I had no incentives, but they just want me to hit the mark. Jay Cutler, Coach Shanahan, uh uh, Coach Heimendinger, offensive coordinator, everybody was all in on making sure I eclipsed that mark. And that just brings – that just rallies your team and everybody celebrates it. So, um, for the guys out there to hit the marks, that's dope. Going into the offseason with some heavier pockets, some bigger bags. And for the guys that didn't, you got next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on, guys. This is maybe the most random news of the weekend – uh, believe it or not, Buffalo was named the hottest housing market in 2024. Yes, Buffalo, New York. Cold, lonely Buffalo, New York. So what's the word? Buffalo would be a blank place to live. Uh, uh, a sad. A, hey, that's my word. Okay, I'll do another one. A gray <laughs> place to live. Gray? Yes. You describe it as gray. Gray. Like that's what I see. It's gloomy. It's like yeah. it's like the it's like the slums of Seattle. Like <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen, there's some amazing people in Buffalo, amazing people all over the world. We're not talking about the people. We're just talking about your region. We're talking about where you're at. And what's what's available there? Literally. There's nothing there. You travel in, it's like, all right, team, all right, look, we, we got three hours to eat and then get back to the team hotel. Let's go get something to eat. There's nowhere to eat. And then the biggest thing is, I thought I was going to get amazing buffalo wings and there was no buffalo wings. <laughs> I couldn't find them. You couldn't get buffalo wings. No. So, <laughs> by the way, this, this vote came through on Zillow, so I don't know how Man, much we want ain't to nobody, ain't a, well, maybe because this apocalypse and all this stuff that's happened in the world, maybe people are going there and trying to build some underground bunkers or something. Yeah, yes. That could be good for the yeah, end of the world that. type stuff. Yeah, for that. I, I was no. going to say there is a stat here that says uh, if a buyer puts down only 5%, the mortgage would be seventeen ninety two per month, uh, and the typical rent costs twelve fifty seven. I think it could be probably an economical issue. Bruh. Because why it's would somebody want to? No, cold as hell up there. It's cold. Yeah, you're up not there. trying to live in Buffalo. Yeah, like honestly. So what? What is it, Buffalo? Buffalo would be a blank it's, place to live. I'm just going off of me. It'd be a terrible place to live. I went on a visit to Buffalo, and the only thing they had, maybe because it was a while ago, they upgraded the city. But the thing to do was go to Dave and Buster's. Like, even when Marshawn showed what he did there, like, he was having a ball at Dave and Buster's. I'm like, yo, like, for real? So, it's no way that's going to be the highlight and the place to be for me. And it's cold, like B said, and it's gray, and it's just, I don't know, man. Like, for me, terrible. It's close Sorry, to Buffalo. It's close to Toronto. That's the body. <laughs> Like, yeah, pretty much. And, yeah. and that's the and that's what you got to do. You got to literally uh, take a ride over. You go over the bridge, and you're right there in Toronto, or in Canada, I should say. That's that's where you got to go to a nice restaurant, and you know, get some nice shopping in. 
And listen, this is no knock on the, the great people of Buffalo, okay? It's no knock on the great people of Buffalo. So all the SiriusXM Faction Talk Channel 103 listeners from that region, the surrounding region, the surrounding places, right. like we love you. We love Amazing you. people. But we're just talking about like, where can I go get mm-hmm. some buffalo wings? Where can I go get a nice steak? Is there a spa? Nice massage? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> what can I do for leisure? <laughs> Let me stop for these yeah, right. Buffalo Buffalo people. is the new New Jersey. Right. Um, so the AFC playoff picture was finalized last night, and the Bills actually upset the Dolphins in Miami oh to claim goodness. the AFC East. Buffalo will now host the Steelers in the wild card round, while the Dolphins drop all the way to the sixth seed and must now travel to frigid Kansas City to play the defending champs. So we know the matchups. All roads to the Super Bowl go through Baltimore. So which team has the best chance of stealing the AFC from Lamar and company? Buffalo, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about Josh Allen when everybody wanted to count him out. I had him in my MVP race, even though they only won like three games at the time. And everybody thought everybody want to lead. Diggs want to lead. Josh Allen done. Like, yeah, he'll piss you off now. Like those first two interceptions from last night was crazy uh turn the ball over in the red zone but when you talk about a guy when you put the ball in his hands no matter how much time on the clock as long as it's time on the clock that can go in and win anywhere whether it's kansas city with that shootout even though mahomes came away with it if it's anybody that could go on a roll and that can score with the baltimore ravens it doesn't matter how great their defense is he just finds a way to make a play right now He's the only one in the AFC that can do it with a surrounding cast. Patrick Mahomes can do it, but he don't have the receivers that can get it done. Uh, I just don't think Cleveland is ready right now to make that run in the playoffs. It's only Buffalo because they can create turnovers. And Josh Allen is just, he's amazing when you get him the ball in crunch time. Mm. Uh, my answer is <clears throat> there's a couple of teams. It's the playoffs. Yes. Remember, people, what we say, let's just get into the tournament. You you heard Mason Rudolph say, we made it in the tournament, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's the first team. Lamar Jackson's record against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's two and four. He's seven and four versus the Browns. And uh, the Bengals pretty much even, and we can look that up. Um, but, but, for the, but for the Steelers to play them, they have to beat Buffalo, though. Okay. In but, Buffalo. Okay. But this is the tournament, right? This is what we're talking about. We're seeing with Mason Rudolph, he has a hot hand the last couple of weeks. We know we're getting from the defensive side. Well, big, big blow because you're not going to have T.J. Watt. So that's going to be tough for them. I agree with you. So basically what I'm saying is, yes, Buffalo Bills is number one. I agree with you there. But Mm -hmm. let's not sleep on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin, that defense, they present a lot of challenges when it comes to Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, and also the Cleveland Browns is in division. So has he dominated the Cleveland Browns? Kind of, 7-4 record. Yes, he has a good record against the Cleveland Browns, but Joe Flacco and that defense, like yeah, it's, right. just, it's just one game, bro. It's the tournament. We've yeah. seen so many upsets before. The Cleveland Browns is not going to be an easy game for the Baltimore Ravens. Like I got the Baltimore Ravens going to the Super Bowl and probably winning it. Been saying that since, what, halfway through the year. I don't see the Miami Dolphins getting it done. I don't see the Kansas City Chiefs getting it done. It's crazy because those teams that I just mentioned are 
you know, on paper and from afar, you would say are more powerful and in a better position than the Cleveland Browns and, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you got the Buffalo Bills that can do it. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers that can do it. Um, I don't see Houston doing it. Kansas City, too many challenges. Miami Dolphins, I think they 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 peak too soon. It's done. You don't think you don't think Houston can do it in a way that they just don't know any better. How Tennessee went into Baltimore a couple years and beating them in Baltimore because Tennessee just ain't no better. They just had Henry and they're just riding their horse. You don't think they can just give Stroud the ball and just be like, go? No. Let's just go. No, I I, I don't I don't I don't see that happening. I, I I can't see. I, I don't know. I'm just not. I like I like the Houston Texans. I like the Houston Texans, but, but this you, isn't take, their take year. It, I'm saying take like in consideration that Lamar haven't been to the AFC Championship game either. It ain't like he's just dominant in the playoffs. Also, that's true. Right? You know what I've been saying about the Baltimore Ravens for uh, probably half the year is that there's something special about this team. You know, I love storylines. And I just think it's their it's it's them losing it, not somebody beating them. And so the reason why I talked about the Cleveland Browns, you got the Cleveland Browns, the Buffalo Bills, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's like grown men coming in knowing what time it is. The Houston Texans, this is this the, these are babies. They're babies over there. They're not ready to go play against these grown men in this type of situation, this moment. I hear you on 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 Lamar Jackson not going deep into the playoffs, but have you seen the look in his eyes all year, all year? Like this dude's on something different. He's almost possessed. He's not even possessed. He's just laser focused. He's locked in. Special team. I I just can't see the Houston Texans, bro, with that youth, you know, walking into Baltimore getting it done. The atmosphere is going to be too crazy. You know so, what? I give Lamar some grace because I always felt like his previous coordinator wasn't right for him. And then when the game get away, he tried to throw the ball and let Lamar just throw it around. And that's when we'd be like, yo, let him do that all game. Let's see what he do. So Lamar can actually rewrite his career if he wins a Super Bowl this year. And it could be his coordinator from previously when he came out of college just been holding him back. Now that we see what he can do with a coordinator that can show his like assets on the field, he might can win the MVP this year, and if he won a Super Bowl this year, I think we have to rewrite his career on the type of player he is. Well, I don't love how you how you how you stated that rewrite rewrite his career, but I understand where you're going. B, I don't think it's rewriting. I think it's like solidifying his legacy. Right? We're talking about within the first six seven years of his career, two MVPs. He should win MVP this year. And win the Super Bowl, now we're putting him in that conversation of, oh, man, I can't say Patrick Mahomes yet. But nah, he, because that don't matter. We What we care about in football? Wins. Championships. We don't yeah. get – regular season don't matter. Playoffs. Even if you – like, people don't respect Peyton Manning like they do Tom Brady because Peyton Manning don't have that playoff, like, rapport that Tom Brady does. So you have to make noise in the playoffs. Like, yeah, the regular season accolades and MVPs, they are great. But do we really care about Aaron Rodgers' MVPs? Like, Mm. nah, like, what do you do in these playoffs? Like, that's what we really care about. So for me, it's, okay, give me the guy that I was supposed to have, and then now I'm going to win. Now it's going to be like, yo, how many can he win? Well, that's that's what I meant when I said I I, I like this conversation because it's, it's 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 a great conversation. 
right? I, I feel like it, it may be more so uh, laying the, the, the structure, the foundation, you know, that's going, that we can then put his legacy on top of, right? Because, like, what is his legacy right now? You know, but if he goes out there after winning a second MVP this young and also winning the Super Bowl, like, he can build whatever the hell he won on top of it. And, that, and so he already in the Rodgers category because he'll have no. the same amount of oh. Super Bowls. Oh, if he wins it this MVPs. year. MVPs. Yeah, if he wins it this year. His MVPs is right there pretty much. But see, 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 see what you see what we're saying now? Like, if he wins it this year, he's in that Rodgers category. Think about the distance between Aaron Rodgers and Lamar now. That's what makes this yeah. year so special for Lamar Jackson. Is that, bro, can you imagine, right? Like how we're going to be talking about and covering Lamar Jackson after the Super Bowl if he wins it, if he's hoisting that Lombardi Trophy. That's why I say, like, the Houston Texans have no chance, man. This is big boy stuff. <laughs> this is big boy stuff. <laughs> C.J. Stroud is teary-eyed, emotional, making it to the playoffs. Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson, uh, 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 beating the brakes off of the 49ers, beating the brakes off of the Miami Dolphins, making it into the playoffs. He's like, yep. This is what we supposed to do. But we Stroud, go out here for one thing, and that's the Super Bowl. It's a big difference. But that's Stroud a big a, difference. Yeah, Stroud is a rookie, though. He feels like, he feels that way, but maybe they <laughs> it, get that it, rookie it, blessing, that little okay. beginner, that beginner's luck. You're coming in. You're coming in grateful. You're coming in with the big guys. Like when you go out there pregame, and that energy's different because they say the energy's different from regular season to postseason. So CJ Stroud's coming out there for the first time, and those young boys, even the head coach, it's his first time doing this. It's a phenomenal. He should be uh, uh, maybe. Uh, 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 head coach of the year. They're going to be out there soaking in the moment. Lamar nah, Jackson and them boys ain't soaking in the factor. moment. They, they dogs. When you, when you got that it factor and you dogs, like you don't care. Yeah, you can enjoy and appreciate the moment, but when you get in between them lines, do you see them throws that Stroud made? Last game was a playoff game. Like they had to clinch last game and he made some he playing against Minshew. He playing against Gardner Minshew. His first okay. throw. His oh, first his throw is a seventy-five yard. Let's see that pressure. Yeah. Let's see that pressure when he see uh, Action Jackson on the other side. How do we go? He's going against Gardner Minshew. Do me. I'm going to do me. Let's go. And you think D'Amico Ryan's feel pressure? He played the game. He like, yeah, this is where I belong. I can't wait to show everybody. Like, I ain't backing down from nothing. I can't wait. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. Just if we could do this quickly, let's try to do this quickly. We have a couple QBs I want to mention in the AFC, and I want you guys to rank them um, based on who you trust the most in the playoffs. Okay. So we got Lamar, Axon Jackson. We got Josh Allen. We got Patrick Mahomes. We have CJ Stroud. We have Joe Flacco. And we have Tua Taya. Go low vote. You know his Tua name. Tago, you messing me up. Now. Just thinking with Tua, bro. Yeah. Tua tie. Tua tie. You messed me up. I had Tua it for with about the sleeve. five years. Tua Tonga Vailoa. All right. So um, rank them in order of who you trust the most in the playoffs. B, you want to go first or you want me to jump? I, I go first. I go Josh Allen one. He is in love with Josh hey, Allen. What is this infatuation with Josh Allen all year? He trusts did him. you not see what he did to finish up this year? Like, he owned. Let's go. It's his time. Josh right. Allen, one. Mahomes, two. Lamar, three. Stroud, four. Flacco, five. And then two or six. Wow. Two or less. Interesting. Why two or less? Uh, two or to me is like, you know how some athletes – you be like, yo, he got that fifth gear. 
Like, no matter where the game go, he can always take it up another notch if he needs to. Yeah. If Tua is better than you, then they're going to win that game. But if he got to kind of pull something out of his ass, like, he got to, yo, we got to go back and forth. Like, and I can't make a mistake. And if I do, I'm going to come back and get seven, like Josh Allen does. He can't do that. So everything got to work in his favor and got to go right for him to win. Either they're going to be better than you and he go win, or if they're not a better team than you that day, he's not going to pull a win out of his, you know what I'm saying, his play. That's a great example. I, I love how you broke that down. That's right. BC, did you look like you, when BC leaned in and like he ready to talk. You about to oh, say no, something? Oh, no, no, no. But I agree um, on his uh, assessment of uh, Tua. Okay. All right, so here's where I'm going to go. We're in the AFC. Listen, if this was like we're starting a franchise or we're picking – Who's going to lead our franchise for the next couple of years? It'd be a different order. But right now, where we stand going into the 2024 postseason, Lamar Jackson's number one. There's no one I trust more. Lamar Jackson is like he's in the zone. You can just see. So Lamar, like even the plays, you're talking about like Josh Allen making plays and this and that. Like, bro, turn on the film from when he played against the 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 when he blew not the 49ers when he blew out the 49ers, turn on the Miami Dolphins. Like, oh my goodness, special, bro. Like you had defensive defensive players raving about him, dropping back as if he was a left-hander, flipping his hips, and then throwing the dime. Like, come on, man. This dude is just playing some different ball right now and he's making it look too easy. And that's why we're not talking about him the way we need to be talking about him, because he's making it look too easy. So I got Lamar Jackson number one. Number two, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. I don't even understand how. And then I'm going to go with Josh Allen. How, how, how does Brandon Flowers have Josh Allen number one when talking about trust? The number one but thing Mahomes we got to do. Mahomes can't do it by himself. Like, who do you trust Mahomes to get it done with? Okay, but we know statistics say if freaking Josh Allen throw Brandon Flowers an interception, our chances of winning – your, your chances of winning that game increases by 30%, 40%. And that's the problem uh-huh. this with is the trust. Uh-huh moment, huh? not with Josh Allen, because he's going to come out the next three possessions and get seven. Oh, like, my God. That's why he's <laughs> Josh Allen. So he washes it out? <laughs> yeah, he washes it out. Like any other quarterback on this list, yeah, maybe. Okay. Mahomes. Mahomes will do that too, but nah, Josh Allen. No, right. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Lamar Jackson won. Uh, Patrick Mahomes to uh, Josh Allen Three, C.J. Stroud for. I'm gonna go Tua, and then I'm gonna go Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco having a nice he he he, he playing good ball, but he's still turning the ball over. Joe still Joe now. <laughs> I like Joe. Still, he he still had get, that Eli vibe around him. He got like, that Eli. Yeah, like when Eli went to the Super Bowl, like he could make mistakes, but right when you want to count them out, it's like. He go throw a bomb, and then it's two minutes left in the game. It's like, yo, it's Joe Flacco now. Like, he's been here before, and I feel like he'll make them plays. Like, I feel like he'll make more plays in that two-minute drill than Tua will make. That's why I had him above Tua. Bro, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Like, can you imagine the Cleveland Browns in the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> they go to my, no. The NFL don't want to see it. The NFL, no, like, no. oh my goodness. <laughs> the I don't know, man. The dog pound to show up deep. Like they fan base is oh, yeah. crazy. Like, 
the ratings, it'll be terrible, like, because you are seeing Josh Allen and not Deshaun Ooh. Watson there. I would have loved to see Deshaun Watson play in this game. The Houston Texans versus Cleveland Browns. Is Deshaun he coming Watson back? with the Texans. Like, you know what I'm saying? I would have loved to see him play in this game. Is he cooked for the rest of the year? Like, you can't – even if he was available, you probably no, stay no with way Joe you Flacco. There's no way you play him over Flacco right yeah, now. Right. Yeah. But I would have just loved to see the storyline. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And let's just throw this out there. Flacco also beat Brady, Peyton, Luck, and uh, Kaepernick. That's wow. what I'm saying. <laughs> he uh, beat Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and Colin Kaepernick in the one postseason. In one postseason. How yeah. long ago was this, guys? <laughs> How long ago was that? <laughs> don't matter. How well, long hey, ago? BC don't be an ages. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he ain't got it. He's not throwing it like that no more. All I'm talking about throwing it like that, BC, is just like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, let me stop. Hey, once you got it, I mean, when you got it, yeah, but you know, (laughs) always there. There's certain things, it's just like riding a bike and all that, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, he still got to go out there and fling it around and and beat some of these new age teams. I don't, yeah, Flacco's at the end of that list for me. Yeah, you also would have said that before he came back. Oh, why are we signing Joe Flacco? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You wasn't when the Giants, when Danny Dimes went down, you wasn't standing on the table talking about, well, well Joe Flacco's available. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we got big news with the Chicago Bears. They traded away the number one pick. Uh, no, hold on. This is breaking news right now? No. I don't think it's breaking news. Oh, I right thought now. you were about to say, oh, like, they, oh, say. yeah. I like, said yeah. big news, but not breaking news. Uh, they traded away the number one pick last draft, but thanks to the Panthers' miserable season, Chicago will once again have the top pick in the 2024 draft. Just like a year ago, Justin Fields and the Bears finished hot, but now the decision is coming. So what is the best option for Chicago? Keep Fields or draft one of the top QB prospects in this draft? This is one of those situations for me, B, where I just think, uh, you know, Justin Fields win regardless. I like Justin Fields. I'm high on Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a superstar in this league in the right situation. So him going to the right situation, he's going to be fine. Okay? Hell, him leaving may be uh, a better for him in his career. Chicago Bears, it's a win-win. You go out there and you get one of these top prospects and they come in and perform well, you get no backlash. Your fan base loves you. They say you made the right the right decision because Justin Fields haven't shown you anything up until this point that say, no, this he's absolutely our guy. And now I've been one over the last couple of months to say, stick with Justin Fields. But if I'm Justin Fields, I want to get out of there. I want to go to a better situation. And if I'm the Chicago bears, it's a win-win. If the guy yeah, comes in and plays, you, you hit it on the head. It's a win-win regardless. Um, if I'm the bears though, I'm not letting them go unless I get a number one, right? Because the way he played this year was – he played kind of insane this year. Like, he had that little rough patch at the beginning of the year, but he played well once he got injured. When he came back, he gave Chicago life. There only might be – I'm not a I'm not a Caleb Williams fan as much as everybody else is. I'm a Michael Penix fan. That's the only player that I think might can be better than Justin Fields. But even with him, he still has to prove that he's going to be better than Justin Fields because I was very high on Justin Fields coming out of college. So with that being said, I would keep him. I draft Marvin Harrison with the top pick to make sure nobody can't get him. And then I'll get an office alignment with the number nine pick. You still get a tall office alignment. So – 
I would and they can almost trade out of the first pick because there's more receivers than Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft. It's like three of them that's gonna be able to be number one receivers in the uh league next year. Like it's it's a nice little draft for receivers. So, like you said, B, they can't lose. If they get a number one and they get a top quarterback and they can add so much some more depth, that'd be great. But I don't know. I might just stay with Fields, man, because the team rally around him. He looked good at the end of the year. And just get your pieces you need with them two top ten picks. <laughs> they might be able to lose. Can you imagine Justin Fields going to an Atlanta or something, turning that organization around, balling out, Which and then the Chicago Bears do. is but, like. But like I said, in Atlanta might give up a number one. They might say, hey, we might not get the quarterback we wanted, or we might can't get the quarterback we want. So Atlanta might say, I'll give you a one for Justin Fields. And that would be insane for the Chicago Bears to have three picks in the top 10. They can still get their quarterback. They can get a receiver and they can get an O-lineman. Like, that'd be crazy. That's insane. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I'm willing to deal in if I'm the Chicago Bears. I'm trying to get as much uh, uh, in this first round that I can. And they're in a great – they're in a phenomenal position. They just can't F it up. They have to hit. They have to hit on the quarterback. I am posed. Let's go. My you God. Got this, so you got Chicago Bears sitting uh, at one, like you said, uh, picking uh, – first overall, and then you have the Washington Commanders, the New England Patriots at three, the Arizona Cardinals at four, the Chargers at five, Giants at six, Tennessee Titans, am I right? Yeah. Titans at seven, Atlanta Falcons at eight, Chicago Bears back on the board at nine, my New York football Jets at 10, the Minnesota Vikings at 11, Denver Broncos at 12, Raiders at 13 will stop right there. So that is your draft order So as right. we speak. <clears throat> Let's say that the Bears actually do decide to keep fields, right? Would you take Marvin Harrison Jr. to pair with DJ Moore? I think b uh, Flow already answered that question, but would you take him? What I would do is I would – like you can, you, you can manipulate the top of the draft. You know – team's priority and their needs and you have friends you call what are you thinking of that let's will and deal right so if i'm the chicago bears what i would actually it to that scenario i would move back i i, I don't see marvin harrison go, jr going one overall so what i would do is maybe let a team like the new england patriots or somebody move up to one overall who needs a quarterback right want to control their destiny and maybe move to the three or four whatever whatever it is like and then I'll get my guy there. Like, I think that that would be a good scenario, but I'm willing and dealing. So, so on the flip side, though, if they decide to move on from Fields, would you guys take Caleb Williams, Drake May, or someone else? Well, Caleb Williams is off the board. He don't want to be there. He said that. Caleb Williams can't, like, bro, you ain't go to the college players football. Like, you ain't go to the college football playoffs yet, like, you can't talk that talk. He was talking that talk before this season when he was thinking like, yo, I'm coming off a Heisman. I'm going to be in the playoffs. I might win a natty. Like, you ain't got the juice like that to be saying what you can and can't go right now. Well, y'all no. giving him the juice, y'all college experts. You wanted the college experts. Y'all bigged up his head going into the year, B. That's because he was coming off that Heisman. And I wasn't, again, I was never that high on him like everybody else is. But his accolades spoke. He was coming off a of Heisman, and he was projected to basically maybe win it again and possibly play for a national championship. Like, he wasn't even in the Heisman running. 
Like you wasn't even there when they like announced who the Heisman Trophy candidate was going to be. So what makes you think that you can come and tell the NFL franchise, hey, yo, I'm not coming to you? Nah, you can't do that. Good point. I think you know. Really quickly before we move on, I'm on ESPN.com right now. And this is interesting. Uh, (laughs) CJ Stroud joined Pat McAfee's show. and He says, we have a Super Bowl team now. Wow. Wow. They're a pretty good team, B. You're sleeping on them. I wish yeah, Tank Dell wouldn't have got hurt so they can have some more explosion, but they not that bad. Maybe that's what it is, B. It's like because they were before he before he went into protocol and got the concussion, they were rolling. They were a scary team. Yes. Maybe that's it. I don't like that momentum going into postseason isn't there for me. Like I do like this team. I believe in this team, but that momentum's not there. They don't have the hot hand right now. Inside, the wall, inside those walls, though, is there. They feel like we got our guy back. Well, like, the problem is the problem. The, also, the bigger the, the the issue too is they don't have Tank Dell as well. Tank Dell broke, fractured his leg. He's out for the year, right? So that was the dynamic duo as well. So who's picking? Who's gonna? Who's gonna pick up that production in the postseason? Who's gonna? But be you that know guy? what? But B, this is the thing. They have the Browns first. Like the Browns, not world beaters. Like. They feel like they can go in and get a win against Cleveland. And let's just say they do beat Cleveland. Now they got to go to Baltimore. And we heard Lamar say, yo, I do not have like having two buys in a row. It messed me up when I was young. Like I kept thinking like, yo, I can't get the feel of it. We started off slow. He was like, I even wanted to play in the last game of the season because we was going to have a buy. I don't want two weeks off. Those guys got two weeks off again. Like how are the Ravens going to come out and play? Even psychologically with Lamar saying – just openly, I didn't feel right having two weeks off. I don't know if the Ravens are going to come hitting the ground one, running first playoff game where they can possibly play the Texans if Cleveland win. So, mm. I don't know. Something before, be right. Daily news, before we move on to our next topic here on Paper Route, you have myself, Brandon Marshall. You have Brandon Flowers. You have Andrew, who, woo, super producer, super producer, B.C., uh, when I look at paper, when I look at our, our some things on emails and paper, and I see BC's real name, I always ask the team, "Who's that?" <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck it, that's Who BC. I don't BC. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, quick, there's some of the things going on. Some daily news. You got Stephen A. Smith out there saying that this is the Cowboys' best shot at a Super Bowl. For everyone listening, everyone commenting, is that true? Do you believe that, and why? C.J. Stroud, we just talked about that, tells Pat McAfee, we have a Super Bowl team. Brandon Flowers tends to agree. He tends to agree. This team was at the bottom of the barrel last year, and now all of a sudden they're world beaters. There's a chance. Stephen A. Smith also says that he's not giving Miami any hope against the Kansas City Chiefs. Isn't Kansas City also struggling? Didn't they also back themselves into another divisional championship and another postseason? But Do we really defense. believe in them? They have the better defense. Well, they have the better defense, but they have the better defense. I'm just saying. And last but not least, Rex Ryan says Eagles are well on their way to rock bottom. Damn, B. <laughs> he said they were well on their way to rock bottom. <laughs> what it, like, let's go on. Let's get back to our show. I just mm-hmm. went rogue for a second. But it's interesting, man, because like I'm a guy that's like, I, I bet the numbers. I like statistics. 
Over the last 22 years, Brian, help me out here. Maybe don't even look it up, but it's 21, 22, 23 years that this division hasn't seen a back-to-back divisional champion, right? So Eagles were in position to do it this year. And it comes down to the last game, and the Dallas Cowboys wins the division in week 18. And it's like, wow. You know, and now you're looking at the Eagles. Like, I just don't see the Eagles dominating. I thought the Eagles were going to turn into – let me ask you this question real quick, B, before we move on. Let me lay it up, tee it up this way. I thought the Eagles were going to be in position with Jalen Hurts to dominate like Patrick Mahomes, to dominate like the 49ers. I don't know if I believe. I don't I don't know if next year, 2024, 2025 season, is going to be better for the Philadelphia Eagles. I do believe in Howie. Howie's a dog. But I think they have some huge problems that they have to address. They're older in a lot of position, guys that they really believed in. I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles' path back to the top is going to be easy. I don't. Again, again, they just have to have the right play callers in the house. Like so, for the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, we had the Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, who was co-coordinators with Andy Reid, but overall, Andy's still there, so he's still going to have that offense operating on a similar, you know, frequency as previous years. Nick Sirianni is not calling plays. So when you're bringing in a coordinator, you just have to hope that he can pick off, pick up where the previous coordinator left off on both sides of the ball. Andy Reid was able to have uh, – why is my mind going blank with the D coordinator uh, Spags for the Kansas City Chiefs there for numerous years. Right. Like people think Spags might be up for a head coaching job soon. Spags better defense, sit his ass down and say a defensive coordinator. We tried that already. Like, yeah, but his defense has been getting better every year there, and Andy Reid didn't have any turnover there. Like That's why they were able to get better. They was able to learn the system, grow in the system, and develop chemistry. It's just a tough time for Philly because they lost both coordinators. If they'd have lost one coordinator, it would have been okay because one side of the ball when they would have been able to hold him down. But losing two coordinators are it's tough. So this offseason would be vital for them to get back on track, which they can do because I believe in Nick Sirianni as a head coach. Mm. <laughs> well, cool. guys, let's move on. We'll pick back up at um, our our game. What's the word? By the way, sorry, I kind of sounded a little fumbled there. I looked up the, the gentleman's spag, and his record was 11-41. and 41. So I definitely wouldn't suggest him going back into head coaching. No. Nah. Um, I mean, Josh Daniels <laughs> got another shot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Good point, good point. Nah, but let's get into some more what's the word, guys. So during the wild card weekend, the 7C Packers will travel south for a date with Dak and the Cowboys. Dallas is a seven-point favorite. So what's the word? The Packers have a... Blank chance of beating the Cowboys. I'm gonna say twenty percent. Um, I don't give him a real shot because although I like Jordan Love, I don't think he's ready to win on a road in the playoffs, and especially not going to Dallas. Um, Dallas does a great job at home. Dak plays well, and their defense plays exceptionally well. Like they're gonna have three turnovers this game on the defense side of the ball, and. The Dallas Cowboys at home, like they're front runners. They're going to come out and win the games they're supposed to win. Like this is going to be a game where Cowboys fans are going to say this is our year because they're going to win it in a dominant fashion. 
And going into that second playoff game, they're going to have a lot of uh, confidence because how they're going to beat the Packers. Not saying it's going to be a complete blowout, but they're going to be in control the whole game. C.D. Lamb going to be going off. Dak might throw for 300. It's going to be one of those, three turnovers. So Jordan Love not ready with those young receivers to win on the road in a big game like this yet. I'll say slim. Um, I agree with a lot of Brandon's points, uh, but Brandon – talk more about the Packers than he did the Cowboys. I think we should be talking about the Cowboys. I just don't think the Cowboys um, is going to let this one slip. Like, I don't think their path to the Super Bowl is going to be easy, but I, I like where the Dallas Cowboys at. You got to think about they, 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 they're battle tested. They came into, they were, they, their test started in camp. We were tracking Dak Prescott's mm-hmm. interceptions in practice in camp and saying that he was trash. They used to call him two a day. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. He used to throw two interceptions a day. Right. And and then everybody's saying, oh, here, here's the narrative. He's terrible. He's going, he's Mr. Turnover. This is a guy that protected the ball the first eight, the first seven years of his career. He had one year where he turned the ball over. Now he's trash. I think it was 15 so, 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 Yeah. So now, so now you look at the first couple of weeks. It was like, oh, well, who are the Dallas Cowboys? And then they went on a run. But then they end up hitting a, what, a, a, a tough patch these last couple of weeks. They overcame that. So they're going into the postseason on a little bit of a high. So I think it's more about the Cowboys than it is the Packers. Like, the, this is a really good team. Can they get the job done? Is this the year that the Dallas Cowboys get the job done? They have a good chance. Well, that's my BC, fault. why are you shaking your head, BC? Why? You know why. Give me something. Can't what? trust the Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, they might get through this game. They may get through this game. I think um, just to play along with the game, I think the Packers have a legitimate chance to beat them. But the Cowboys are going to win this game. But I just don't trust the Cowboys. I don't trust them to like actually put it all together and win. Are they playing at home through uh, uh, throughout the playoffs? The Cowboys, then yeah. they won a division. Yeah, so they until they go to San Fran. Oh, yeah. So they they might pull off the first two rounds, but they don't travel, like you said. Does it travel? No. When they got to go to San Fran, it's over. But mm-hmm. yeah, they got the Packers. So let's say they don't win the Super Bowl, guys. They Would don't. you be willing to bet that the Cowboys reach the NFC Championship game at least? They better. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that because I told y'all my dark horse in the NFC are the Lions. Like I see the Lions making the NFC Championship. I don't know if it's gonna be the Cowboys they playing or the Forty ers but the Lions will be there. I see that. B. I see that. You mm-hmm. know the 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 last part of the season, I was like basically on the other end of the spectrum with the Lions. I didn't believe. I believe now. I don't believe that they're ready to go be real contenders like they're really going they have a shot at the Super Bowl but I think that's that team that you like yo why we gotta play them in the playoffs <laughs> they that they are that well I got another and good the Rams look. the Rams is like that too right yeah 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 aren't they yeah, oh right, they're going here right. so they playing each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lions and the Rams so whoever win that gonna be feeling good about themselves. Well, guys, let me ask you. I think this is actually really interesting. This might be one of those off the fi- off the off the season uh, tracking uh, segments. Uh, so, Derrick Henry gave an emotional goodbye to Titan fans yesterday. 
King Henry has been with the Titans for almost a decade, but will play for another team in 2024. So what's the word? The best fit for King Henry is? You want me to go B? Because I got the perfect team for him. I don't know fire if off, fire, fire. The Buffalo Bills. Mm. Because you have mm. Cook, but he's more of a scat back. Derrick Henry don't want to take the boat load. He's going to have to split those carries, right? When it comes postseason time, when it gets cold, yeah, Josh Allen can make it wing in any climate. But if you got Derrick Henry and David Cook that can just – you can hand the ball off to, like, the whole game and have Josh Allen just make the throws he needs to make, it's going to cut, it's going to cut down their turnovers. And if you cut down the Bills' turnovers, they're almost impossible to beat. They're going to get Milano back next year. They're going to soup up that defense even more next year. So if you can split them carries with Cook, you got Thunder, you got Lightning, you got a guy that can make all the throws, that's Super Bowl. Mm. I'm going to throw something out there. This might be wild. There's two teams that I really like. First off, we got to put ourselves in Derrick Henry's shoes. What do you want as a player at this point? You've accomplished a lot. You went over, to me, the ultimate feat in sports is eclipsing 2,000 yards as a running back. You've done that, right? You've made some really good money, and I think your top earning days is behind you. So right now, Derrick Henry, in my mind, is like, yeah, can I get a decent bag and also an opportunity to win? How about the San Francisco 49ers? Now, this is dependent on how big of a discount Derrick Henry wants to give. Over CMC? No, both. Both. I don't think, I don't think he fit their offense. They're what? more misdirection, stretch, just RPO. Like they, I don't feel like he fit their offense. So, so think about the running backs that you went against uh, when you going against Coach Shanahan. Like we didn't have any like amazing guys but the the offense is the same thing i mean there's some tweaks to it for sure there's definitely more misdirection and some more gadgets that the san francisco 49ers are running with his son kyle they run east to west you right. want Derrick henry going north and south maybe that can okay. be an element that they can't add to keep people off balance but you can't see Derrick henry see him, is in you there can't see i don't him want on the him stretch you can't see west. him going eight and nine hole nah you can't one foot bomb. Okay, cool. Well, then I got a, I got a backup. I got a backup. I got a backup just for that. Like, I don't know everything. You're the defensive guy. <laughs> How about the Dallas Cowboys? That's like, what they should have had this year in the offseason. They should have made that happen before the trade deadline. I can see that one. Dallas Cowboys. That one. They're missing he, that. He's they gonna, need it. He's going to have some he's going to have some options for sure. He's going he's going I think he's going to be not well sought after, but I think he'll he, he'll have some options. For sure. I like the Cowboys. Well, guys, we got one minute left. Any last remarks, any exciting news you want to mention for tomorrow's show? Oh. Listen, I've been talking about Michael Pender Jr. since the <laughs> season started, that he's not going to lose in college this year. He's going to be the best quarterback in the draft. Watch him win by double digits tonight. Michigan has no chance. Michigan has no chance? Michigan has no chance. Wow. You're wild for that. He's wild. He's yeah, wild. He just, like, he just beat a dominant Texas team who up front really just dominates everybody they play, and he like neutralizes them by how quick the ball, how quick he get the ball out of his hands. Like Washington is tough up front on both sides of the ball. Michigan ain't see no front like Washington has. Well, nah, they not ready for that. 
Brandon Flowers, our college football expert. So, listen, if you're going to listen to anybody, listen to him. Don't listen to me. I'm just talking. I'm just trying to rile him up. What you talking about? I don't know nothing. I, I probably – the only college football game I watched this year was uh, Dion versus uh, Colorado and Colorado State. Yeah. <laughs> the first two games of – how about that? Dion had us full. He's the Yo, greatest salesman in the world. They won four the games this year. He had me watching college football. Everybody like going sideline. to Boulder, showing up for the college football games, everything. Ah. Be, let me ask you really quick. I know we got a minute. Can you no, see him? Get, can you get, see him getting that mojo back? You think there's going to be the same type of engagement next year at Colorado? He will because they'll win like seven to eight games. I, I said if Dion won six games this year, he should be the coach of the year. They wasn't ready to win. And he told you like, yo, I need like 10, 11 more dogs. Like he's mm-hmm. going to bring that vibe, but. Nah, he's going to only win seven, eight games this year. He well, two, he's two years away. Two years. There you go. If, well, they start winning, if they start winning, everybody's going to start coming back in. We'll see. Well, listen, as you guys know, things are changing on paper route. Uh, you know, we got myself and Brandon Flowers and our super producers here. Over the next couple of weeks, we will be trying and testing people. We have Nikki Blades coming in by way of the Bay Area. Someone's been on radio for four or five years consistently, and she's an amazing personality, a collegiate athlete. She plays golf, softball, volleyball, all the sports. Super dope. You can, you could, you can see some of her work on Ridiculousness with Rob Deerdick. We're excited to have her for the next two days. She'll be shadowing tomorrow, then she'll make an appearance on Wednesday. Nikki Blades. Make sure you haul at us when you're playing touchdown. We will see you tomorrow. There's a moment you realize you're ready for what's next in your career. Maybe it's when you're trying a new scone recipe and think, I could open a cafe. Or maybe you're helping a coworker and say, I could teach a course on this. Whatever your moment is, it's never too early to plan for a career that lives longer. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. For skills training, resume tips, and job listings, visit aarp.org work. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.